Tonight, the Nicholas Sapita fiasco continues to generate revulsion the world over. I'll tell you the seven things you need to know about this 50-year-old man who identifies as a 13-year-old girl. It's Friday, January 5th, 2024. I'm David Menzies, and this is The Ezra Levent Show. Shame on you, you censorious bug. Transanity emerged as a regular occurrence for your humble scribe to report on last year. Transanity is a combination of transgenderism and insanity. And when it comes to the so-called trans community, trust me, madness abounds. Indeed, from Oakville shop teacher Busty Lemieux, complete with his fake Z-cup boobs, which he claims are real, to fake lesbian rugby player Ash Davis, there was an abundance of mentally ill men pretending to be females and typically causing grief for real females. Surely the exclamation point on the 2023 edition of Transanity was a vile specimen known as Nicholas Sapita. He's that 50-year-old biological male swimming enthusiast who not only cosplays as a woman, but also pretends to be a 13-year-old. What an incredible scam for a mature male who seems to get his jollies by exposing his genitals to real teenage girls in the change room and, yes, the shower. Just when you thought you had seen it all vis-a-vis gender fluidity, now we must deal with age fluidity as well? Only in Canada, eh? Now, despite worldwide publicity regarding Krapita, one truism has emerged. This dude has absolutely no shame. Indeed, despite overwhelming revulsion for this man, in the months ahead, Sapita will continue to insist that he is a she. Even though he's a half-century old, he will continue to pretend that he's a teenager, and he will continue invading female spaces, all with the tacit approval of the woke wimps in charge of this sport and those who operate publicly funded community centers. Indeed, in our weird, mad world, in their eyes, Nicholas Sapita isn't someone who needs to be placed in an asylum, nor is he someone that needs to be criminally charged. Rather, he's a living, breathing example of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Thus, not only does he need to be protected, but he must be celebrated as well. It's baffling how far we have devolved as a nation, isn't it? That being the case, allow me to present the top seven things you need to know about Nicholas Cepeda, a.k.a. Melody Wiseheart, as we continue to cover this story and hopefully act as an agent for change in the months ahead. Number one, media coverage. I mentioned off the top that since we broke this story last October, this individual's gross behavior has been chronicled by media outlets the world over. Well, that's not exactly true, because the mainstream media here in Canada has chosen to completely ignore this ongoing sordid saga. With the exception of Toronto Sun journalist Joe Warmington, who wrote a column about Sapita based on our reports, Not a single Canadian MSM outlet has chosen to cover this story, even though this is a Canadian story receiving worldwide attention. So the question arises, why is there such reluctance to cover something that is clearly newsworthy and is in the public interest? Well, folks, I have two theories. My first theory is that criticizing a transvestite is simply too third rail for our state-sponsored stenographers. Keep in mind that your tax dollars are funding not only the CBC, but the entire mainstream media. 
The MSM is a sunset industry these days. It's bleeding readers, viewers, advertisers, and sponsors. Meanwhile, the public, contrary to what those nattering nabobs might believe in the mainstream media, well, the public isn't stupid. With few exceptions, Canadian journalists aren't about investigative reporting or unbiased coverage anymore. Rather, it's all about currying favor with the sugar daddy, Prime Minister Blackface. And millions of would-be readers and viewers see right through this pathetic charade. We all know that without corporate welfare, the vast majority of domestic media outlets would simply cease to exist. So it is that the du rigueur mainstream media scribe would be financially foolish to rattle Blackface's cage, especially when Blackface is all in when it comes to the radical transgender agenda. Remember this virtue signaling tweet from last year, quote, transgender and non-binary Canadians, you matter, your lives matter, and we'll keep working on hashtag trans day of visibility and every day to make sure you can live your life as your true and authentic self. You deserve nothing less than that, end quote. You know, how about a trans day of invisibility, not being able to see these delusionary maniacs would be easy on our eyes, don't you think, folks? Indeed, we have bearded and blubbery trans women who resemble Frankenstein in a miniskirt, but according to Blackface, this is all about authenticity? Really? Look, I love Halloween too, but to celebrate All Hallows' Eve 365 days a year, Sorry, that's just not my trick-or-treat bag. And keep in mind that Blackface is the guy, can I call him a guy, who bragged online about taking his daughter to Oppenheimer and his son to Barbie. Again, more virtue-signaling photo ops to promote who knows what. Sadly, our chief narcissist has absolutely no problem using his own children as political props. I mean, what next? Mandating that the men's room must stock tampons? Oops, sorry, scratch that. <clears throat> My other theory in terms of the shocking lack of media coverage regarding Sapita is that the woke scribes, just like blackface, they are all in when it comes to supporting, not condemning, the likes of Sapita. Really, check out this story from just last week. It is headlined... Quote, ex-ESPN star Sage Steele says she was asked to stop tweeting about Leah Thomas, reveals person who has her back, end quote. If you can imagine, folks, ESPN was highlighting Leah Thomas as part of Women's History Month. Oh, not condemning Thomas as a cheater, but hailing his accomplishments in the swimming pool, says Steele, quote, I was asked to stop tweeting about it. I was asked to stop doing anything, saying anything about it on social media because I was offending others at the company. I made sure I sent off another tweet that night after I received that email because, like, no, let's stop living this lie, end quote. Well, naturally, for standing up for real biological women and calling out a gender-bending grifter, Sage Steele was eventually shown the door. Naturally, ESPN has declined to comment on the matter. But then again, what would you expect from a bunch of spineless, woke cowards? And in regard to Sapita's case, not even the local media outlets can be bothered to report on this egregious issue. Sapita is a member of the Orangeville Otter Swim Club. The town of Orangeville has a population of about 30,000. So, as you can imagine, there really isn't a lot of international news coming out of Orangeville. But when the Honours last competed in Barrie in early December, and it was proven that Sapita was going into the girls' change room, which resulted in worldwide publicity, the story that appeared in the Orangeville Citizen newspaper was all about the good results certain swimmers achieved. Yes, 
the local Orangeville fish wrap didn't make a single solitary mention of Nicholas Sapita. You know, folks, there's a saying in the journalism biz called burying the lead. It means failing to mention the most important part of the story. But this reporting wasn't a case of burying the lead. It was a matter of nuking the lead altogether. Your tax dollars hard at work yet again. Media outlets have taken blackface's payola, and in the process, they have lost all credibility. Number two, the feminist movement. The other baffling thing about the Sapita saga is this. Where in blue hell are the feminists? You know, going back to the 60s and 70s, I remember classical feminism. Back then, the sisterhood was rightfully fighting for equal pay and promotion in the workplace and fighting for females to have the right to compete in sports. For example, did you know that it wasn't until 1972 that women were allowed to compete in the Boston Marathon? I would argue that all of those discriminatory battles waged against women have been fought and won. And yet here we are in the first quarter of the 21st century, and, it would, and when it comes to female safe spaces, such as sports and shelters and even prisons, well, the male chauvinist pig has been replaced by the male chauvinist transvestite. Except there's one huge difference between yesterday and now regarding the feminist file. Whereas the male chauvinists were rightfully called out and condemned back then, today these male fake females are either ignored or even celebrated. Indeed, not a single modern-day feminist has incinerated her brassiere to protest the likes of Sapita. And once again, I ponder why. And once again, I think the answer is exactly the same as to why the mainstream media refuses to honestly cover this issue. Either transanity is too hot to handle for the feminists, given that being labeled a transphobe is almost as bad, or perhaps even worse, than being branded an Islamophobe, or the feminist movement itself is so indoctrinated and so woke that the rank and file actually subscribe to the imbecilic mantra that trans women are real women. Oh, and yes, I have evidence to support my hypothesis. You know, back in 2019, I covered a surreal demonstration waged against Megan Murphy outside a Toronto Public Library. Murphy is a, gen a journalist, a writer, and founder of The Feminist Current. She is a classical feminist. Well, the trans community and their allies, such as Antifa thugs and assorted other mental patients, they were apoplectic that Murphy was allowed to exercise her freedom of speech. They deem Murphy to be a so-called TERF. That's a derogatory acronym that stands for Trans Exclusionary Radical Feminist. Ooh, Murphy and her ilk are radical, all right. They believe that a person with a penis is a man and someone with a vagina is a woman. Knock me down with a feather. And who should I encounter at that demonstration? Well, it was none other than Sherry DeNovo. Sherry DeNovo would definitely consider herself to be a feminist. She used to be an Ontario MPP, NDP, of course, but never mind. Yet, check out what she had to say. And you support censorship and deplatforming? I support trans rights, and I'm not speaking to you. Trans rights are human rights. Just with <laughs> Trans rights are human rights. Trans rights are human rights. You obviously disagree with Miss Murphy, but why not have a debate? Why not have a discussion? Why shut somebody because down? Because we have hate speech in this country. We know what hate speech is. Yep, there's your modern-day fake feminist, folks. In DeNovo's eyes, calling a 300-pound bearded male with his twig and berries still attached, a man, as opposed to a woman, is offensive if that dude does indeed identify as a female, even though he looks as though he could be a defensive lineman on the Detroit Lions. It's downright spectacular. Remember during that unnecessary horror show that was the COVID-19 pandemic? 
how we were all lectured to by the tall forehead types to follow the science when it came to wearing masks and taking vaccines and practicing social distancing, etc. So what happened to that genre of science known as, you know, biology? Because stating that a man is a man and a woman is a woman is now tantamount to hate speech as opposed to a statement of fact. <laughs> we even have a female U.S. Supreme Court justice who is unable to define the word woman, even though she is one. How did we ever get here? Oh, one last note about de novo. She was once part of the political class in Ontario, but these days she serves as a minister at a Toronto United Church. Yeah, all of which explains why the United Church has become irrelevant and is almost extinct membership-wise. I guess there really is something to that old chestnut of go woke, go broke. Number three, the swimming authorities. World Aquatics recently figured out a way to accommodate transgender swimmers. To its credit, last year, swimming's international governing body introduced an open category. So it is if a dude no longer believes he's a dude, hey, no problem. There is now a separate category for those men suffering from delusions. But guess what? Last October at the Swimming World Cup in Berlin, not a single transgender swimmer showed up. Even though World Aquatics went out of its way to reasonably accommodate the she-males, it clearly wasn't good enough for Team Trans. To me, that suggests there is something more at play here than merely being able to swim. And if you speak to the woke wimps who run Swim Ontario and Swimming Canada, they claim they are powerless to stop mature men identifying as little girls due to Canadian recommendations from human rights commissions. Really? Now, folks, to call a human rights tribunal a kangaroo court is an insult to all the marsupials down under. These bureaucrats are unelected, non-accountable social engineers brandishing a Marxist bent. Why should we kowtow to this loathsome lot, especially when Sapita's behavior runs contrary to the Criminal Code of Canada? And more on that later. And if you think human rights commissions are Mickey Mouse, get this. Sapita's own swim club, the Orangeville Otters, seems to think that it is a human rights commission onto itself. Check out the club's so-called Bill of Rights. One of those mandates is the right of a swimmer to, quote, play as a child and not as an adult, end quote. What? Sorry, guys, you may have a cockamamie Bill of Rights, but at the end of the day, you're an amateur swim club, not a nation state. And despite the drivel you put on your website, you are not above the law. Number four, law enforcement. Speaking of the law, what does the Criminal Code of Canada say about Sapita's ongoing gross shenanigans? Well, it says that Sapita should be serving about two years in the slammer for indecently exposing himself to real teenage girls in the change room. Allow me to quote verbatim sections 173.1 and 173.2 of the Criminal Code of Canada. Section 173.1 states, quote, Everyone who willfully does an indecent act in a public place in the presence of one or more persons or in any place with intent to insult or offend any person is guilty of an indictable offense and is liable to imprisonment for a term of not more than two years, end quote. And here's what Section 173.2 states, quote, An indecent exposure charge under Section 173.2 of the Code means that the person charged is accused of exposing their genital organs to a person under the age of 16. Because this offense involves a minor, it is more serious than an indecent act 
charge, end quote. This is why I personally called Barry police last month when Cepeda was competing at the Trojan Cup event. And after my camera woman, Avery, and I witnessed Cepeda going into and out of the female change room. Check it out. Yes, hi there. Um, I'm at the East Bayfield Community Center, and there is a 50-year-old male that has invaded the change room and showers of 13-year-old girls. Okay, I have a call in here for officers to attend the rec center there. He's, he, he's on, in the swimming area now, is that correct? Uh, he is on the uh, swimming deck, that's right. He just had a swim in the pool. Incidentally, the police couldn't be bothered to show up. Maybe they were too busy providing an escort for pro-Hamas demonstrators that night. Even so, a file had been opened on the incident, and we wanted to see how the investigation was proceeding. But when we followed up with Barry Police, their response was anything but transparent. In an email, they stated, quote, Barry Police received a call on Friday, December 1st, 2023, at 6.06 p.m. for a report of an unwanted person at 80 Livingstone Street East. Police were later advised that the matter had resolved itself and we did not attend. If you require anything further on this incident, please refer to our online Freedom of Information request process, end quote. That response is downright cryptic. For starters, who is this unwanted person the police are referring to? Is it Nicholas Apita or yours truly, given that the community center knobs also called the police on us? They were more concerned, apparently, that a media outlet was covering this festering sore as opposed to dealing with the festering sore itself. And just who advised police that the matter had resolved itself? So it is that we must go through the freedom of information process to get those answers. That will take several weeks, if not months. Stay tuned. But the underlying message is downright chilling. Are the police refusing to uphold the criminal code because transgenders make for an extra special breed somehow, that these unhinged cross-dressers are somehow above the law? That's what it looks like to me. Number five, how does Nicholas Apida himself justify his intrusions into female spaces? Folks, let's play devil's advocate here, which is to say, what if we have it wrong? And what if the law of the land is wrong? And what if world aquatics is wrong? Let's just say that in our brave new gender-bending world, that it is perfectly acceptable for a 50-year-old man to pretend he is a 13-year-old girl. Okay, we're all ears. So why was it that when we asked Mr. Cepeda to make his case last month in Barry, he chose not to do so? Indeed, Cepeda transitioned yet again from a swimmer into a sprinter. Here, check it out. What, what is your deal? Why are you swimming with 13-year-olds? Why are you breaking world aquatic rules? Why are you running? What are you? Mr. Sapita? are you a sexual pervert? Why won't you answer these questions? Why are you breaking world aquatic rules? You transitioned after puberty, did you not? Mr. Sapita, why are you a coward? Do you have a, do you have a record of sexual perversion? Please protect me from these people. P protect us from what? You know, that's never a good look, folks. Concealing one's identity and then running away from a news crew into the far unlit unknown. But you know, Sapita's one solitary comment speaks volumes, does it not? When he snorts, quote, somebody protect me from these people, end quote, I think that touches upon the real problem regarding Nicholas Sapita and other transgender grifters 
like rugby player Tommy Ash Davis and shop teacher Busty Lemieux. Namely, these people who once upon a time were institutionalized and should be put away today for their safety and ours are now constantly being acquiesced to. I'm a man, but I want to wear a miniskirt. Oh, please do so. You're special. I want to compete with female kids. Oh, you go, girl, man. I want to expose my genitals to minors of the opposite sex. Hey, diversity is our strength, Frank and Femme. So it is that Sapita is now more than a decade into his Mrs. Dress-Up shtick, and nothing has been done to course-correct this perversity. He's used to being accommodated by the usual woke suspects. So much so that this man runs to his getaway car, crying out for protection. But protection from what? Impolite questions? It is a bad joke lacking a punchline. Number six. Just who is Nicholas Sapita? So you may ask, what is the Nicholas Sapita origin story anyway? Alas, there's not much out there about this guy. And what is out there, it certainly lacks the drama of, oh, I don't know, Peter Parker being bitten by a radioactive spider and then developing superhuman arachnid powers. But as the saying goes, the internet is forever. And there is one revealing, albeit appalling, newspaper article about Sapita, published in something called the Caledon Enterprise more than a decade ago. Written by Matthew Strader, who might just be vying for the title of Canada's worst journalist, the story is entitled, quote, Caledon Couple Break Down Transgender Stereotypes, end quote. The subtitle is, quote, Just Your Typical Love Story, end quote. Oh, I'll say, assuming a typical love story involves the man pretending to be a woman, but keeping his male junk, to presumably have sex with his biological female wife, which makes Sapita kind of like Ash Davis, a lesbian, albeit a lesbian with male desires that are realized via his male equipment. Good golly, Miss Molly, this transgenderism stuff is just so complicated, isn't it? But really, Sapita's commitment to the female gender seems to be all about simply wearing dresses and donning a woman's swimsuit. I mean, that's it? He doesn't seem all in when it comes to embracing femininity, does he? That's pathetic. Anyway, the article begins by noting that a reader sent along a letter to the Enterprise asking, quote, why Melody, a transgendered person, would be using the woman's washroom at the Caledon Center for Recreation and Wellness, end quote. That is indeed a great question. Unfortunately, the article completely fails to deliver. Suddenly, this newspaper piece is not about why a male is invading female safe spaces, but rather the story itself transitions into an agonizing puff piece regarding the relationship of Sapita and his wife, Sandy Weishart. Quote, The Weishearts are in love, gushes the author, this year celebrating 10 years of marriage. He goes on to note, quote, They are now pioneers, members of a generation working against stereotypes and stigmas, facing questions and public scrutiny and telling a story they are forced to tell, to educate, to pacify, to explain, to help others grow, and the world to evolve, end quote. Can you believe that, Drivel? This is the next step of evolution in terms of our species? Jeez, surely Charles Darwin is spinning in his grave right now. In terms of tangible information, there are a few tidbits out there, such as Sapita was born in Mobile, Alabama, and then for unknown reasons moved to Canada. He would later get a gig with the psychology department at Toronto's York University. Oh, and get this, two areas especially for Sapita are, drumroll please, youth 
and children. Yikes. This led me to muck around the internet. And according to the website ratemyprofessors.com, Sapita isn't a very good teacher. In fact, he scores a lousy two out of five. The line share of respondents place him in the awful category. But apparently on campus these days, if it's trans, it's good. And if it's good, it's trans. So the kids paying their tuition must put up with this diversity hire. Finally, number seven, parental guidance. You know, the most oft-recited comment in the thousands and thousands of comments that the Nicholas Sapita videos have generated is this. Where or where are the mothers and fathers of these teenage girl swimmers? It's been known for years now that this weirdo loves to get naked in front of young females. We've seen that the community center employees are and even the cops, for that matter, are turning a blind eye to this perversity, which is equal parts shameful and cowardly. But when it comes to the paternal and especially the maternal instinct, what's going on here? As my boss, Ezra Levant, remarked recently, if you happen to go into the woods and somehow accidentally find yourself in between Mama Bear and her cubs, you are now occupying the most dangerous piece of real estate on the planet. But when it comes to Sapita, Mama Bear seems to still be in hibernation mode. Check out this footage from last month when we visited the Tony Rose Memorial Sports Center in Orangeville. This is the home base for the Orangeville Otters. We went up to the spectators gallery to ask the mothers there about their underage children being exposed to Sapita in the change room. And here's what happened. Ladies, what do you think? I think your mother's with uh, Orange Velotter uh, swimmers. What's Let's that? Go. Let's go. I don't think so. Oh. No. All right, I'll go call the cops. Then. Okay, call the cops. You know what? I'm going to call the cops too. That there's a, a, a 50 year old pervert swimming with girls. That's the problem, sir. You have nothing to say about that. A real crime. Pardon me? You, you, you can't do nothing. Uh, well, I thought you were the operator of this facility. So there you have it. The Orangeville mamas remained mute. Then they hid their faces, presumably in shame. Then they actually fled the scene. And just like at the Berry venue, in the eyes of the Orangeville rec center, the real crime being committed was not one of indecent exposure but rather a journalist asking questions. Surreal. Now look, I get it. The parents, and I have been in touch with many of them in off-the-record conversations, are absolutely terrified to convey their true feelings. We live in a cancel culture, and their fear is that they will lose their jobs or that their businesses will go under due to wrong think. It is truly a fear of tyranny by the minority. And hey, I get it too that those daughters of theirs love to swim competitively. And these girls put in endless hours in the pool in their quest to win medals at swimming tournaments. But I also think there's something far more important here than swimming. Here's my wish for 2024. At any tournament Nicholas Sapita shows up at, every single female swimmer should decline to compete. They should just retreat back to the change room and allow this self-entitled narcissist to win every swim. In a field of one, of course. The accommodation of Nicholas Sapito is already a fiasco. His presence already runs contrary to the rules of world aquatics. His exposure to minors is a crime, according to the Criminal Code of Canada. Now is the time for the mama and papa bears to rediscover their spines, to state that enough is enough, 
to refuse to participate in this ongoing act of misogyny. And believe me, that's exactly what this is. Make no mistake. The next swim meet in which the Orangeville Otters will be competing is to be held in Orillia on the weekend of January 19th to the 21st. We have heard rumors that some woman will be protesting this meet if Sapita dares to show his face yet again. We have also heard that some of these courageous women, true feminists, I would argue, might even go as far as to block the entrance to the girls' change room should Sapita once again insist that he has the right to expose his genitals to minor females. So my final thought is directed to Mama Bear and Papa Bear, who will be taking their daughters to this swim meet later this month. If you don't take a stance against this creep by pulling your children out of this tournament, then shame on you. Indeed, I never thought I would see the day in which complete strangers who have no skin in the game when it comes to competitive swimming would actually care more about your daughter's well-being than you do. Please redeem yourselves in Aurelia. Prove to me and the world that you are competent parents who will do anything you can to protect your daughters. In other words, do the right thing. law does not apply to everybody, then there truly is no rule of law at all. And I don't think we've seen a greater example of this in modern Canadian history than the treatment of the Freedom Convoy versus the anti-Israel pro-Hamas hate marches happening across the country. In fact, happening as we speak. Peaceful Freedom Convoy protesters never hurt anybody. In fact, they were the ones who were hurt by heavy-handed government overreaction to their effectiveness as opposition to the Liberal Party. Now, on the flip side, these anti-Israel pro-terror protests have resulted in firebombings, arsons, assaults, and even hospitalizations. Just take a look at this clip from December 23rd in Toronto. And police continue to do nothing or next to nothing, all but giving these hate marches, police escorts around town. In fact, as I'm filming this, we've got another hate march on our hands. It's Thursday afternoon, and it, that hate march is replete with Toronto police acting as chauffeurs and escorts. Now, joining me now is someone whom I would describe as one of Canada's foremost human rights activists. He's an Iranian refugee named Salman Sima. He was the man attacked and hospitalized in that December 23rd video I just showed you. Salman, thanks for joining me on the show. I want to ask you about the events of December 23rd, but I want to go back a little so that people can really know who you are and what takes you to the streets to oppose these hate marches. Tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you come to Canada? Why did you end up here? So the IRGC thugs and the Islamic regime jailed me several times uh, in Iran uh, for defending human rights and women's rights. So I uh, came in 2011 uh, as a Muslim refugee to Canada to escape the prison time uh, in uh, Iran under the Sharia law, under the Islamic Republic in Iran. So it's really sad for me that I escaped something and I refuge to Canada and I am seeing the same thing again in uh, Canada. So uh, I feel the pattern. I, I see the pattern and uh, who is the godfather of uh, Hamas terrorists? IRGC, Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps. Uh, who is the father of the 
terrorism in the region, Islamic Republic in Iran. And uh, I saw their sympathizer uh, marching in Toronto, and uh, I'm really sad to say that uh, I don't see that it's going to end uh, in a good way. Now, a lot of people might just go to social media to express their disgust with what they're seeing on the streets of Canada, but you went out there. You went with uh, a, a Merry Christmas sign. You had your flag stolen and you were assaulted. Tell me how that happened. So uh, Islamic Republic in Iran uh, is against uh, the uh, traditional uh, of the Persian culture. Exactly like uh, these uh, jihadists, these sympathizers, they are against tradition of uh, Canadian culture, which is a peaceful culture. We should tolerate each other. And uh, it's really sad when uh, you say Merry Christmas, uh, they cannot tolerate you. When you wave Canadian flag, uh, Toronto police cannot tolerate that. But if you wave a jihadist flag, if you wave a Hamas flag, if you wave a Hezbollah flag, they have no problem with that. And we know that Hamas is designated as a terrorist organization under Criminal Code of Canada. And uh, unfortunately, uh, Toronto police, uh, I can say that if they are not just incompetent, uh, they are also coward as well. And uh, yeah, we receive a lot of uh, support from the ordinary Canadian, from hardworking Canadian. Uh, everyone was uh, happy. It was a New Year. It was a Christmas Eve. So uh, everyone wants to celebrate uh, those days with their family, with their loved one. But uh, the angry one uh, was uh, those jihadists in the uh, Hamas uh, pro Hamas march. So how did that? Ha- how did it happen? Because I, I want to talk to you about how you were treated by police. But you know, like people will on the internet, these protest truthers, they will say that just by your mere peaceful presence there that you were somehow inciting the violence against you. But that's not what the video shows. The video shows that you're just there supporting Canadian values and it precipitated a violent reaction against you. So this is the, uh, unfortunately, uh, lefty-minded uh, brain uh, works. Uh, so I was there. Uh, I had a right to walk on the sidewalk. Uh, I uh, very peacefully, very respectfully waving Canadian flag. And uh, we have four signs stand against fascism, communism, terrorism, respect Canadian value, Merry Christmas, and uh, Hamas is a terrorist organization. And these were our signs, and uh, we were so peaceful. There is no even one act of uh, violence from uh, our crowd. So they were jihadists. We show our face. We are proud to stand for Canadian value. I am proud to waving Canadian flag. Uh, my shoulder is dislocated, so uh, I uh, wrap my shoulder. So uh, I am not ashamed for what I'm doing. Uh, they came, they assaulted uh, us, they harassed us, they uh, even uh, called us uh, dirty Persian or they said some uh, racist words. We keep cool, we uh, uh, stood uh, peaceful. Several times uh, I asked police officer that let us just go on the sidewalk, let us just do the peaceful protest. And all of them is in the uh, there were body cam in, uh, in the footage that I uh, published on my social media. So uh, we were so peaceful. And uh, even in uh, some area, they assaulted us. Still, uh, we keep our cool and we just uh, exercising our free speech. We exercising our right to freedom of assembly. If they have the right... Uh, to chant uh, genocidal chant against Jewish people, I think that we have the right to peacefully uh, walk on the sidewalk and waving Canadian flag. Now, you were sent to the hospital. Tell us about your injuries. So, uh, 
after uh, they grab uh, all of our signs uh, and uh, they grab Canadian flag. And we don't have just, uh, we didn't have just one Canadian flag. We have uh, uh, three, four Canadian flag. They grab all of them, even uh, they grab uh, our uh, uh, Israeli flag as well. So the last thing that we had, it was a, a lion and sun flag. You can see that uh, my tie is lion and sun flag as well. <clears throat> lion and sun is a symbol of freedom uh, in Iran. And they grab our lion and sun flag. And uh, it was the last flag that we have. And uh, I went to save our flag. And, uh, they grab uh, our last flag, which was a lion and sun flag. And uh, lion and sun is a symbol of freedom in Iran. You can see that even is my tie. So uh, I uh, protected our flag, so which was the symbol of resistance at that moment. So uh, one of my uh, good friends, uh, Bahman Sadeghinu, uh, who we were in a uh, prison as a political prisoner in Iran together. I called uh, his name and I said that Bahman saved the flag, saved the flag. Then my uh, shoulder became uh, dislocated. And when we said to the police officers that, oh, they attacked us, they assaulted us, they used the word uh, 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 criminal, uh, public criminals or something like that. Uh, collective criminals, something like that, which means that uh, it's not just a crime by one individual. Uh, over 20 people, they came, they elbow us, they punch in my shoulder, the other friend's shoulder, and uh, Scarlett, uh, they broke uh, one of her finger as well, uh, another uh, freedom fighter friends. So uh, in the tension, uh, they dislocated my shoulder, but uh, I am proud uh, to save our last flag and we hold our ground and uh, we show their true face. Now, I'm curious, did anything happen to the people who assaulted you, by and large, on camera? Were there any charges laid? Um, what was the police response like? So, police response, uh, you've seen uh, some of those viral videos, probably. Uh, some of the police officers, they feel offended by Canadian flag. And even they said that, oh, it's because of your safety. I said that, uh, officer, I don't uh, trade my freedom over safety. According to Canadian Charter of Rights, we have they have the right to uh, protest and we have the right to counter protest. So why you don't let us uh, the, to practice the same right that you let them? Then uh, several times police officer came to bully us, uh, but uh, they failed, and, and uh, I never let anyone to bully me. So we know our right, we peacefully insist uh, to exercise our right, and I saw that several times a police officer uh, protected them, uh, eight, ten people, they assaulted me, they assaulted uh, two other ladies that they were with us, and uh, all of them happened in front of uh, Toronto police eyes. They were claiming that uh, it's because of your safety. We're going to keep you safe. And I said that police officer, you block our uh, face and they are coming uh, from the back. How are you going to protect us? And it was an irony. And uh, in several footage, I said that police officer, even you are not be able to keep us safe. And uh, yes, you want to keep us safe. Why you don't let jihadists uh, uh, attack us from the back? You know that for even uh, Toronto police violated our rights. Uh, they protected. They prot. You can see that at that uh, footage. They protected those jihadists, and uh, Toronto police uh, violated uh, our charter of rights and freedom. And at the end, they failed to keep us safe. And it's really shame. It's really shame. I have never seen uh, this uh, coward police and uh, imagine that uh, if you honk for freedom in Canada, they're going to yeah. come after you and they're going to freeze your bank account. But if you honk for Hamas, if, if you chant uh, uh, from the river to the sea and if you chant against Jewish people, they're going to protect you. Police officers are going to protect you. 
so nobody nobody was charged for assaulting you on camera nobody nobody was charged yet but uh, i'm uh, continuing to serve justice uh, to those jihadists you know i'm glad uh, and i'm glad that you say that you won't be bullied i assume this isn't going to stop you from turning up to show your support for the people of Israel? Uh, it's not just support for the peace, uh, people of Israel. It's not a matter of uh, Israel or Palestine. It's a matter of uh, good. It's a battle between the good and devil, okay? People are happy on the Christmas Eve. Who are against the happiness of the people? I know that jihadists, Hamas sympathizer and Islamic regime in Iran. They are against happiness of the people. I am uh, always a stand for the happiness of the people. And uh, yeah, it's not just, uh, I want your audience know that. It's just, it is not just a matter of Israel and Palestine. It's a matter of Canadian against uh, terrorist sympathizer. And one more thing. Uh, yes, these are uh, hate rallies. Uh, they use uh, lots of hate speech in their uh, slogan. But uh, I'm going to say one thing. These are the rallies that backed by uh, Muslim Brotherhood. These are the rallies that backed by IRGC in Iran. And we should consider them as a foreign interference in our democracy as well. It's not just a hate speech rally. Yes, they are hateful, but it's not just a hate speech rally. They are backed by uh, bad actor uh, foreign influencers. Yeah, you know, I'm glad you pointed that out because there is some pretty serious evidence that these rallies are backed by Iran, and yet nobody has Islamic their bank account frozen. Islamic regime in Iran. Islamic yeah, exactly. regime in Thanks. Iran. Yes, thank you for that correction. Um, and, you know, nobody's bank accounts are frozen um, when these are terror-sponsored rallies. Exactly, exactly. They are the terror-sponsored rallies, yes, by Muslim Brotherhood, by Islamic regime in Iran, and uh, by those uh, groups that even they are uh, designated as a terrorist organization in Canada. Well, Salman, I want to thank you so much for standing up for Canadian values, for uh, the peaceful right to demonstrate in your own country. I know that you've uh, paid physically for it. I, I know you take a lot of heat on social media, um, but I'm, I'm happy to hear you say that you won't be bullied, you won't be deterred, you will be back out there. Uh, defending peace and freedom and democracy. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for the opportunity.